Hi, you're listening to Common Tierra Podcast. I'm Mana. I'm Maggie. And I'm Cecilia. We are your hosts. Um, today's topic is periods, and today we have a special guest, Priscilla from Better Period. So, um, Mag... I'm going to be sitting this one out just for the mic setup, but if I really want to say something about my period, I will <laughs> butt in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Um, Thank you so much for being yes. on our podcast. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, so am I. Um, so pretty much like you had like DM'd us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I have. And so you were you're a listener, mm-hmm. and um, I saw what she was doing with Better Period, and I was like, we have to have her on. Like <laughs> this is so you. cool. Do you want to talk a little bit about like who you are, your background, like? Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you start Better Period? Yeah, uh, so my name is Priscilla, and like you said, I started Better Period, and that started in December. So I've only been doing this for like six months. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, and I reached out to you because I think um, Justin from Common Space was someone who like retweeted, not retweeted, um, Instagrammed your um, okay. your mm-hmm. podcast. I'm trying to remember how I found it. Okay. And I was like, oh, I can listen to them. And so I listened to your first episode. And I was in the car because it's usually when I listen to mm-hmm. podcasts. And I was like, just bawling. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. So I listened to your first episode and I was like, all of these things these ladies are saying, I experienced them. But they were internalized. I didn't have someone to process them with and like just talk about and say like it's okay yeah um especially just being the daughter of immigrant parents Mm -hmm. and coming to school Mm -hmm. and like I was telling you like I switched my major from bio because I was going to be a doctor oh yeah Uh, (laughs) we know I did did a semester abroad in London and I was like I'm doing I'm I'm doing philosophy like I love like I took this class on Lord of the Rings and this is how privileged this sounds right (laughs) I took a class on Lord of the Rings um and then I was like I'm doing philosophy like that's what I because I love writing I love history um I love reading and so math and science were not for me yeah. and that's really sometimes hard sometimes it takes time it took me a while to yeah. learn that that it wasn't for me too yeah, yeah. so it's so hard to come to terms with yes. because you're like well if I don't know math and science exactly. what the heck am I gonna do exactly. right yeah. so um, I had no plan B I had no plan B I don't think I did either. Yeah. I was just kind of wing. I was like flying at the, off the seat of my at the seat of my pants. I don't know how that saying goes, but I was winging it left and right. Are you the old? Like, do you have siblings? I Are do. you the oldest? I do. I have five siblings. I'm the oldest of five. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then my youngest sister is twenty one. She twenty two. I'm sorry. She graduated from Fresno State last year. So, um. Yeah, so that, like the thing is with young um, oldest siblings, you're like the example. Yeah, and I think you're supposed to be more. You're preaching of a, to the choir, girl. You're supposed <laughs> to be more of a mother to your siblings than mm. like a sibling, and I rebelled a lot against that because my mom was like, "Tienes que ser el ejemplo. No puedes llegar tarde a la casa." Okay. And I was like, "I'm 18 years old, mom. Okay. I'm in college. I can do whatever I want." So yeah. you lived at home. I did live. I lived at home until I got married. I got married at 24. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's totally okay. It's so expensive to live out there. I yeah. have a house and two kids, and I'm just like, I wish I was at my mom's, so I can like pocket all my paycheck. <laughs> so, um, yeah, what was I saying? Uh, 
being an older sibling, you're like right. supposed supposed to be quote unquote an example. Yeah, you're supposed to be an example, and that's so much pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're still trying to figure out. Like I said, I was like navigating this. I was navigating high school. Um, my parents were supportive of me more so than like my other Mexican friends' parents mm-hmm. were like, "No puedes salir a la calle. Like you can't go to this, um, like." club activity because mm-hmm. I was like in all the clubs in high school my favorite was FFA I was the Future Farmers of America I was like but I was like not me a farmer <laughs> I was like the farmer life is not for me like I helped raise some hogs and I was like mm-hmm. I can't do this yeah. uh, so it was really hard because like you're expected to succeed and I think I just internalized all that pressure where um, as an immigrant like I feel like the message is We've sacrificed everything for you. You're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to do better mm-hmm. to be in a better place than we were. Right. And I didn't go the, like, the traditional immigrant route where you get like these fancy careers and um, you're an engineer or a lawyer or a doctor. I didn't do that. But I think I'm doing pretty okay. But right? I think what you do is very admirable. Yes. And I like... Oh. <laughs> this, this is just my side thing. I have to work full time and I have two kids and I have a yeah, husband. But, but, that, but all of that. All of that, all of what you do and all of like what you encompass is admirable. Like the fact that you have a full time job and this is your side thing. Yeah. And like the from what I've seen on Instagram, like what you do for the community and for other women mm-hmm. and also juggling two kids. Like I don't have two kids, but I have a <laughs> like a decent like, idea. Mean? Yeah, I have my sister. And <laughs> no, so I have an idea of what, like, what that would feel like. And also seeing my mom do mm-hmm. the same thing. Like she had a full-time job. She had us too. She would go on and off back to school mm-hmm. and so like seeing that is like to me is like wow that's like hashtag goals like you're doing it you might not yeah. be a doctor or an engineer or like whatever fancy title like some people strive for but what you're doing is like so good and yeah. so amazing and so I think that oh gosh, that's thank like you. yeah <laughs> so can you talk a little bit more about what Better Period is mm-hmm. and, and how, how that started. got started? Yeah, so um, just to wrap up the last bit, um, I think as immigrant, uh, children of immigrants, um, you're always trying to find your identity. And identity is so huge, and it's not something that is, like, overtly, you know, talked about in your household. Like, right. what's your identity? Like, um, you're, <laughs> you? you're Mexican, but you're also a citizen, right. but you lived here. I've lived here for... Um, 24 years mm-hmm. and I hardly go back to Mexico I speak Spanish with my mom I'm fluent in Spanish but it's like and I married a white guy so it's like identity has always been in the back of my mind who am I what am I supposed to do in this world mm-hmm. um, and so I was getting to a point where like I married a great guy he's my best friend he's amazing he supports me we have a really good life we have two kids I have a three and a half year old and a one year old and I have work and so like trying to balance those things and I was still sitting there going something's wrong like I don't feel it's like I feel like something's missing Mm -hmm. I feel like this isn't who I am I'm going through the motions is this life is this how life is supposed to be lived like trying to figure out um budgets and trying to figure out like 
kids' sleep schedule. And I'm like, there's more to life than that. There's more than I can do for myself and my community. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, for a couple years, I was like, I just had this bug. Like, okay, maybe I can start my own business. Okay, what do I do? I did some baking before. So I was like, maybe I'll do baking. No, it takes too much time. It's too much effort. Nobody appreciates, especially in the Latinx community, is like, Mm -hmm. nobody appreciates how much a cake costs. Yeah. they're like, well, pues mija, eres mi sobrina, me lo puedes hacer para gratis. I'm like, that took me all day. Yeah. Like, I can't do this for you. Uh, and so it just kind of came together where I was, like, at home and I saw I saw something and I can't remember what it was. It was another organization in, like, the Midwest. I think it's Women Helping Women um, or Women Helping Women, period, or something like that. And I was like, okay. I want to do that because I started reading some articles and then they were like helping homeless women and I was like what homeless women menstruate and I didn't realize like your period comes whether you have a house or you don't right your period comes whether you have money or you don't Mm -hmm. I was like I can't sit at home knowing like when you go from not knowing to knowing like Mm -hmm. there's there's like no going back Mm -hmm. right and so I thought I know what it's like to have my period and have a roof over my head and have a bed and have a bathroom and have tasty snacks that I, you know, might want to snack on and have tampons and pads and I can just take a shower and I can give myself some comfort. And there's a lot of dignity in taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I thought, these women have no dignity. Like, as a homeless person, there's a lot of stigma when it comes to being homeless and people have ideas of why people are homeless, but that's not my business. and so there's like this lack of dignity that homeless people, I think, are viewed, you know, under this lens that they're viewed under. Mm-hmm. And so there's no dignity there. And then there's like under this disenfranchised group, there's like an even further disenfranchised group. And that's women, women that have mm-hmm. to sit on the streets, they have to use trash, cardboard, plastic bags, toilet paper. And I was just like, why does this happen you know mm-hmm. and I was like I can't I, I have to do something and so on December 1st I'd reached out to the review which is a coffee shop and okay Artistry. yeah they have this um back room and they do events there and I said I want to do a donation drive how much do you charge for your room and they're like you know what we'll give it to you for free and I was wow. like oh, thank you so I bought a bunch of donuts and I just invited like my friends in the community and I asked a bunch of people that I knew I was like I'm doing this can you come can you donate I don't really know where this is going I don't even know like, so that was your first e- event yeah it was okay my first event. yeah so it was just like I want to so my mission has always been I want to provide women like if one pad gives them some dignity for like a day mm-hmm. like that's my biggest thing like some comfort and dignity because periods shouldn't hold us back and especially when you're homeless and you're trying to get out of your situation but like you have to sit still so a lot of women do this they just sit in the street and they don't get up because it's more inconvenient to get up and soil themselves and it should just sit there and bleed it out basically. oh wow um so and then i started researching some more i watched this documentary they won an oscar I think it's um, end of sentence period. 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 We, period end of sentence. Did you? Yeah. Did you cry so yes. much? I was like yes. bawling. That girl who wanted to be a police officer. Yes. I was like, just checking my like privilege, right? Yeah. Check, check, check. Like, yeah. I sit in this in this place of privilege, and I have to speak from it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here. This is what I can do. And acknowledge it. Absolutely, and acknowledge that I'm a menstruator that 
has all the things that I need. And so if I can use my time and bring awareness to this, because I know there are a lot of, this menstrual movement is coming into focus a lot since like 2016, mm-hmm. 17, 18, recently. recently. Yeah. yeah. But before that, it wasn't really like, talked about mm-hmm. it so do you think that it's difficult for you to talk to other people about what you do like now that you have the experience maybe not but maybe in december how did you feel talking to people about like this is what i'm doing you know i didn't really feel comfortable um, uncomfortable talking to people i did that first event in December and one of my friends was like reaching out to the Fresno Bee and ABC 30 and they actually came ABC 30 came and this reporter interviewed me and she's like well what's better period and stuff so I was just kind of like telling her about it and I was using the word period and the word menstruation and menstruate and product like period products and I could just tell like her face was like trying to formulate a way that she was going to sell this on TV Mm. right so I was like you know, I don't even care if they air this. Like, so did it? Out. No, it didn't air. Because she's like, I'm not sure if we're going to air this. Because I want it, like, if you're doing more events, I want it to be, like, a bigger piece. You okay. know, like, they'll do, like, yeah. a bigger piece. And I was like, okay. So that's, like, the only discomfort that I have felt when talking to people about periods and period products and homelessness and menstruation. My family has been very supportive. Um, everyone I talked to has been very supportive. Um, so I haven't hit like that wall yet like Mm -hmm. well that's disgusting why are you talking about that in public Mm. um well that's so good that like the people around you are so supportive like that's good that like you have that team Mm -hmm. and I truly believe it not that they're raising you but I truly believe like it takes a village you've heard that phrase like (laughs) I truly believe it like it going through school going through life like there's always been this group of people whether it's family friends anything that I'm going through like I have these people behind me backing me up and it's so like comforting to know that that you also have that and that they're helping you and I think that's so amazing especially with a topic with periods because like something that is so stigmatized and so taboo yeah yeah I was kind of talking to someone, and I was like, yeah, we're going to do an episode on periods. And they were like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, They're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, damn, we need to get rid of that stigma. Yeah. We need to get, get rid of that taboo because it's like, it's something that I don't want to say everyone or every woman because some right. people, they don't. Mm-hmm. And everyone's experience is different, mm-hmm. but it is something that's the like, majority a, big portion of our population whether they're poor whether they're rich Mm -hmm. whether they're homeless like they deal with it Mm -hmm. and so I think it's something that we do need to work on is like okay it's not bad like it's just something that happens yeah yeah so normalizing that right normalizing menstruation normalizing like talking about menstruation um because 50% of the population will menstruate is menstruating or has menstruated and we have dealt with that and um there's this larger mens- um, menstrual movement that's going on, and they're talking about period equity or menstrual equity, which means as women, like girls in schools, have to 
miss class time because they have to go to the nurse's office to get a, a pad or they can't afford a pad. So if they're on their period, they stay home. And so that's what that menstrual movement is saying is like, listen, we're women and we want equality of the sexes, but we have this thing that is so important because it is the sole reason why people are born mm-hmm. and people are in this world. Like we bring life to this world and it's there's like so much magic in that and so much amazingness Mm -hmm. and it's like this thing that is seen as unclean Mm -hmm. gross um something to hide something to be ashamed of and that shame sort of carries on with our like body and Mm self-image so one of the the next thing um that i thought when i was doing this was like okay well i want to speak to bigger movements like body positive movement Mm -hmm. i've been through like this body acceptance sort of journey with myself because like you're Mexican you're Latina and you're expected to have like certain type of curves Mm -hmm. certain type of hair I mean Sofia Vergara is cool that she's on Modern Family but she just perpetuates that stereotype Mm -hmm. right yeah and that accent is insane like no one talks like that that (laughs) I know (laughs) no hate to Sofia Vergara like love her but um it is hard when you see when someone who represents you doesn't or quote unquote represents you doesn't really look like you you know like that's not how everyone looks like or that's not how everyone is and so like I think we've all kind of gone through or a lot of people have gone through their like self image Mm -hmm. like issues not issues but like how do I put it like journey Mm -hmm. and so I think that's something that in our culture is pretty big do you think with the hispanic culture like the whole talking about periods how do you see that compared to other cultures well that's like one thing that i want to do with the podcast is like one of the themes that i have outlined is like periods and religious like uh customs or religious rights or cultural rights Mm -hmm. but with um i consider myself kind of like a weird mexican because i was born in mexico but I only lived there till I was eight, and then we moved here, and then my parents aren't Catholic, so a lot of the customs that are Mexico are, like, part of the Catholic Church, okay. right? And so, like, those were pagan for, like, Christianity or whatever. Um, and so a lot of our traditions, a lot of our history, a lot of our food, like, my mom didn't even cook Mexican food because it's like, puedes comer arroz o frijoles, no los dos. Because she's trying to control my body and my, and my image. Like, oh. I've always been a big kid, and she's, like, she never, like, explicitly said it, but it was, like, underlined, yeah. and I'm not okay with it, and I'm going to change it, right? So her, my body was never enough for her. Um, so it was, like, no puedes comer tortillas con arroz y frijoles. And so I was, like, okay, well, what does that mean for myself and my body image, right? So I've always like, sort of internalized, like, I'm fat and because I'm fat I'm not worthy and my body's not enough for people Mm -hmm. and so I had to sort of deconstruct that and Mm -hmm. be like my body is myself and my body has given me all of these things I've created all these things and my body has been part of it and so loving my body and accepting my body and just kind of forgiving my mom for sorry for um for that upbringing yeah I think that's something that like several of us have felt like personally I used to be really thin like I was less than 100 pounds for all that I could remember like all of high school I did not go past 100 pounds Mm -hmm. and every time it was a family event every time it was like something everyone was like mana you don't eat (laughs) um 
why you need to eat more meat you need to eat more you need to do this you need to do that and I'm like oh shit like okay so like other people are never gonna be happy with you Mm -hmm. and so this ever since I started college I gained that uh freshman 15 and then I gained more and more and more (laughs) and so now like I'm like 140 ish I think and I'm not that tall and so now my body has changed and so now it's kind of like mana like you need to watch what you're eating you need to not eat two servings you need to not do this not do that and I've gotten to the point where I'm like you know what screw you because it's like when I was skinny you didn't like it and now that I've gained weight you didn't like it so if you're not gonna be happy about my body I'll be happy about my body and I'll do this like on my own so it's something that like in our culture it's pretty big but it's something that like you're not alone you know and you're not the only one trying to forgive your mom I have yet to meet someone that has a good relationship with their mom. Like, mom relationships are so complicated. Dude, we were gonna do a whole nother episode. Are you okay? That's like three, four episodes. It's like mom. See, I thought that was just an us thing, but I understand, like, the way, um, like, periods body images things that i think females deal with and we're not saying males don't deal with the body images but like having your period um like that's something that your body puts you through or something that you go through because of your body Mm -hmm. and because of being female so how do you think that like your experience with like having a period and like your culture whether you think that you're like a weird (laughs) Mexican (laughs) yeah because like we also talked about that we talked about not being from here not being from there yeah oh my gosh yeah did you (laughs) yeah uh, when I that clicked and I was in college I actually minored in Spanish literature when I was here as well and so I had a professor was really good he's now like the humanities chair um but it was like reading Mexican literature and understanding, like putting into words what I've always felt was so powerful that I wanted to be a professor when I got out of school and be like, I want to give these kids the ability to identify like how they're feeling and how their immigrant experience is, is you know, worthy to be listened to and mm-hmm. not erased. And so, um, so what I was trying to get at was um, growing up with this body that was never enough for my parents. And then, in turn, never enough for me because mm-hmm. I was like, well, if they don't love it, then right. should I love it? Yeah. Why should I? Why should I love it, right? And so I remember, like, being six and going to get, like, a checkup at the doctor's. And then, like, I don't remember much of it, but I just remember my dad going to my mom and being like, pesa 50 kilos or something like that. And he's like, es mucho, no puede, no puede pesar tanto. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's something wrong with me. So that co like partnered with like I got my period at 11 years old and when I first got my period it was so irregular and so heavy I would sit in sixth grade at the like the lunch hour and I was just so nauseous I wanted to throw up and I couldn't eat anything and just like this wave of things were just going through my body it was like I couldn't control I couldn't control my weight I couldn't control my body because Mm -hmm. it was going through puberty and menstruation um and I didn't want to eat anything so I knew something was wrong because I always wanted to eat right I was like oh my gosh I can't eat this it's like what's wrong with me Uh, you have this like sort of mentality as an immigrant when you're poor you're like food is scarce you just have to eat all the time Uh right you just have to eat um so that and then um and like high school, always having 
really difficulty with um, just like super heavy flow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is gross, but whatever. I'm, we're just going to talk it so that we can <laughs> like mom, open up this it's, conversation. It's not so, gross. <laughs> yeah. It's not gross. Yeah, I'm doing it to myself. See? Yeah. So like just sitting in class. That should going, be our hashtag. It's not it's gross. Not gross. Yeah. <laughs> just like sitting in class and going, I have bled through like into my jeans and now I have to yeah. go to, I have to go, I had to change my pad like every hour when I was in high school. I was just so, like I couldn't control anything about myself and so my period was always has always been a nuisance to me I've always viewed it as like something to hate another thing to hate about my body and it wasn't until I um, started to get pregnant uh, I started to try to get pregnant that I was like okay well how does my period work Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it works so so with that so what was your education on menstruation mm, yeah what did your mom so how el- did your mom play into that too? Eleven is what grade? Six. Okay, I had mine in fourth. Fifth. Oh my gosh, fourth grade. Yeah. I had mine in fifth grade. Yeah. And I was eleven in fifth grade. I was a late bloomer. I didn't have it till fifteen. Oh wow. Yeah. I think the average age is from like uh, twelve to fifty-two. So like forty years of our life, we menstruate, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, my dad never talked to me about my period. He never acknowledged the fact that I had a period, and I don't think I really cared about that because I felt like I should connect with other women about periods. Mm-hmm. But uh, my mom, one morning I woke up and it was like Sunday morning. I think it was like November eleventh, nineteen ninety. Seven. No, I remember. I woke up and I, was, I saw blood on my underwear, and I was like, like just like excitement, but I also was like, uh, so do you, do you know what was going on? I yeah, I I knew. I was it was my my mi regla, my menstruation, my yeah. period. So like, how did you know? I don't know. I don't know. I think did my mom have, had talked to okay. me. Did you have um, education in school? No, I don't remember any of it. Really? Nothing. Like I don't remember anybody ever talking to me about my period. And so my mom kind of sat me down and was like trying to explain to me like ovaries and eggs and like had you watched the video that they show at school already or no no i don't think i had watched any videos no neither did i oh at our school we did but i had already known because i started so early oh you know what i think i knew because my cousin Mm. we were the same age your prima (laughs) my prima my prima um she had a period at nine Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, and so, that like, is so young. And so, that's all, like, the aunts could ever talk about. Like, oh, and I was like, trying to figure it out. Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. So, I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, and then it came. And then my mom was like, these are the fallopian tubes. These are, this is the uterus. Uh, and a little so egg it was comes. Very science. Yeah, you know, it was very science. Like she do a picture of it. Oh, okay. I remember. I remember just one time she talked to me about this. One time. So the day that I got my period, <laughs> and then that was it. And that was it. <laughs> she drew a picture of it, and she's like, "This egg goes here, and then you bleed." Mm. And that was like basically it. And I was like, "Okay." Mine was not science at all. She was like, "You're gonna bleed once a month, and that means you can get pregnant." <laughs> and that was it. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> So that was all the education I got. And then when I was going through my period, I never felt like I could really talk to anybody about it because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is weird. Is it strange? 
my weird kid? Like, so there was a lot of anxiety that I think I internalized and I didn't realize that I had because I was having, my body was just kind of out of control. And you're the oldest, so it's not like you could yes. talk to your siblings about it. And I never really talked to my siblings after they got their periods. So really? we were talking about it because I was talking to my sister. I have three sisters. And I was like, what was your period like? And then one was like, I hid it from mom for like months. And I was like, you never told us? She's like, no, I never told you guys. And I'm like, how why don't we have Yeah, that? I know. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I don't know if that's maybe a cultural thing or not, but I remember having mine and, like, I told my Did mom. Did mom tell you what it was before? No, I don't think so. And you just got it, and then mom was like, oh, that's that. I thought that I had hurt myself. Oh. Uh, that's what a lot of women yeah. think. They're like, I'm bleeding down there. Yeah, I was, yeah, and it was close to Valentine's Day, and I remembered that because on Valentine's Day, Uh my mom and, my mom, she always goes all out on Valentine's Day for us. Like, we have pancakes in the morning, heart-shaped, heart-shaped pancakes with, like, (laughs) orange juice with a strawberry on the cup. Like, she goes all out. Oh my gosh. So, she always gives us a card, and on that card was, like, something about, like, I love you you're a beautiful little lady and it had a ladybug on it and like it was I had gotten my period right before Valentine's Day so I knew like the whole like you're a lady (laughs) oh my god I started bawling (laughs) like it was just a a mess (laughs) it was crazy well you were nine years old and at that age it's like you're still a child and you're still like and then now your body is like your your mind and your body aren't catching up, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the mind of a, a child. You're like, I want to play, I want to do childlike things. And your yeah. body's like, nope, it's time <laughs> for you to be a lady. And you're like, How do I balance this? What yeah. the heck, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of thing. There's so much unknown. Yeah. Um, and loneliness. I feel like even though we all have this shared experience, it feels lonely to me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I have three sisters, and they never talked to me about their period, like, when we were growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Other than to say, like, I'm in my period, or I'm in my period, or, like, do you have a pad, or mm-hmm. I have a pad you can have. But that was, like, it. Like, yeah. we didn't discuss, like, hormones and how that made us feel and, like, just yeah. really important things about periods. Yeah, I know at our house we're always, like... Because it's us two, my mom, and then my dad. So it's my dad's kind of the outcast because he's the only man. Uh-huh. So we're... It's very feminine energy in our household, so talking about a period is like nothing, mm-hmm. even if our dad is there. Yeah. Because our dad has gone out and gotten us pads and yeah. taken us to the store, and yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like, I'm crying right now. I think I'm going to start my period tomorrow. Like, I'm sorry. You know, like the yeah. whole emotional part, but... Uh, when it comes to that, I feel like that's also a little rocky because as women, we know our bodies and we know, like, my period does this to me. Mm-hmm. But then when someone says, oh, you must be on your period. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I oh, hell punch. no. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, you you want to punch them in the face and be like, you learn your it. fucking yeah. lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing with uh, me and my period and my culture that I saw is my mom is a very, like, clean person. And I feel like nobody cleans like a Mexican mom. <laughs> and I remember like doing chores as a kid, and she would just go and be like, "Así no se vale, déjame te enseño cómo." And she like she would sweep over. But they still ask you to sweep, yeah. even though they yeah. criticize how you sweep. Right, and I was just like, "Clean the toilet, and clean the sink, and wash the dishes." And like I wash them, she's like, "No se laven así, no gastes tanta agua." And I'm just like, "This woman is never happy." And I just realized she had a really unhappy life, and 
she couldn't be happy, right? But that's a whole other story. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast about marriage. Um, but and with, moms. Yeah, and moms. But with my mom, it was like, if my underwear was stained, She's like, que limpiar los calzones. Like, no los dejar ahí. Or, like, they couldn't go in the wash or something. Or, like, if I rolled up my pad and wrapped it up with paper and I put the in the trash and it, like, somehow opened mm-hmm. up again, she's yeah. like, que, no, no puedes dejar eso ahí. No, no se escuchina or something like that. So, like, there was this, you have to be clean. Mm-hmm. And so you're an inherently unclean because of your period. And so now you have to be clean. And so I was always so scared to get like blood on my underwear and it was so hard because I had such a heavy flow and I was like I'm so unclean what am I gonna do um but I think that I think a lot of Mexican moms are so harsh when they talk to their daughters like and then we in turn become harsh women right like so (laughs) so was there any like stigma using tampons Uh, (laughs) was it the whole you're gonna lose your virginity oh my gosh so I was I was I think I'm the only one to use not to out my sisters I think I'm the only one that uses tampons out of my sisters and um, I get it like you need to be comfortable enough with your vagina and your Mm -hmm. like anatomy Mm -hmm. to insert a tampon in your with your body yeah 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 so in general so then then that like kind of opens this like um sexuality aspect right so if you're comfortable with your sexuality then you're doing something wrong if you're a woman in the latin community because Mm -hmm. women are not to be trusted girl that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) that's a whole nother podcast so i never understood even i think i started using tampons when i was in college i was like 18 and my mom was like ¿Por qué estás usando tampones? Te vas a, no vas, no vas a estar virgen. No vas a ser señorita. Yeah, and I was like, I don't understand how this works. <laughs> um, but I think it's like this old school thought of like people in the 30s and 40s and 50s were afraid to use tampons because you would lose your virginity, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily that. It was like people were uncomfortable with women touching themselves. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. People are uncomfortable with women touching themselves. Um, and being autonomous with their mm-hmm. body and their sexuality. And so, I mean, that speaks to, like, a much larger theme. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think my mom realized that, but I was like, you're a lady, you shouldn't be sticking stuff up there unless it's your husband's dick, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, but I was like, I don't really care. This is really comfortable, and it yeah. makes my period so much better. Terrible. So I'm going to wear tampons. Yeah, yeah so... I did have some stigma when it came yeah. to tampons I in my th- household. I think it's funny that you think that you're a quote-unquote weird Mexican <laughs> when, like, I feel like you're more, well, quote-unquote more Mexican than me and yeah. Cecilia because our mom, like, and our household wasn't like that. Like, oh. we, like, my mom, she was, her parents were born well your parents have college educations right they mm-hmm. have some I yeah from the first episode you're talking about yeah yeah and um so like when we went to school we also did we've grown up doing swim doing different sports mm-hmm. and so when swim season came around and like and we were on a period yeah my mom was like this is how you do it you know like this yeah. use this pull this you know stick this up there and like talk to us like this is how you do it and for me it's difficult for me to do just because like I don't know I just get nervous I don't know why but yeah it's I mean you get nervous you clam up yeah. and it's like yeah. hard to you just get like 
don't know, kind of like... You had to relax. A little like, bit of yeah. nausea. You're like, I'm just taking this up. It's kind of yeah. like... It, I get it. Like, when I first doing it, I was like, this is weird. So, with, like, your mom not telling you how you did it, do you think that you were, like... Maybe this is too personal to ask, but was it, like, difficult for you to say, okay, I need to figure this out? Like, was it hard for you to figure it out on your own? <laughs> it was a little hard. Um, like, longest, what's the learning curve? <laughs> for the longest time, like, I, was, I would read the instructions and read them and read them and read them. And I'm like, okay, this is where it goes. But I didn't understand my anatomy. I didn't understand that I have a pee hole. Mm-hmm. I have a V hole. There's three and then I, I have a poop hole, right? Yeah. And so, like, my pee hole is before my V hole, I think. And it's like, <laughs> that's where my tampon goes. And yeah. so the, the pamphlet would say, you know you've you're put it in right if you can't feel it and I'm like I sit down and I was like I feel it this is painful I'm doing something wrong and so I would stop and then I would go back to pads and then I would try it again Mm -hmm. and so it took me like some finessing to get the hang of it I mean you've already mentioned that your uh flow is probably like heavier or it was have you ever tried period panties or any other product besides pads and tampons I have, and I don't know if I'm doing it wrong, uh, but for the first time a couple months ago, I tried the, I think they're called menstrual discs um, from Flex. Oh, I've seen that. That yeah. kind of scares me because it's so big. No, I was like, <laughs> they were like... Um, okay, I have not yeah, seen that. Can, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, can okay, you just... Okay, so it's a disc, right? Um, and it's different from a cup. And you, like, squeeze it, and then you insert it. So it kind of, like, is, like, an long tampon, and then you insert it up your vagina. And then you have to, like, place it under your cervix where it catches all the blood. So the cup kind of fits in the same way. Okay, But yeah. it's just a cup. This is a disc that sits, like, right under your cervix. So it's supposed to catch... It's, it's higher. Yeah, so it's higher up there. It's supposed to catch all your blood. And like um, right it's supposed to help with, like... Exactly. Uh, cramps. It's supposed to help with all these things. But also, like, one of the things that they say is, like you can have period sex or something like that because oh, um, it's cleaner or mm-hmm. with it inside. It, what I remember, because I watched the video, what I remember is like it's like right at the exit so it's not yeah. entering where, wherever. So it's not like a tampon where it yeah. absorbs, it just it catches. So you, you stick your finger uh-huh. and then um, you when you stick your finger, you feel your pubic bone and so it's supposed to like, you just grab it with your no, finger and like dislodge it yeah and so I was like first of all this is way too in there for me second of all I can't relax enough and I don't know if I'm pushing it far enough and then uh, there's was, so many it questions it to be working and then like five hours later like I would just feel like a gush like coming yeah. out and I'm like I don't think this is working <laughs> so um because period products create so much waste um the tampon applicator that Mm -hmm. plastic that can't be recycled and that sits in landfills for hundreds of years um pads have some plastics that won't decompose um they also have a lot of we actually don't know exactly what goes in tampons and pads Mm -hmm. like that um the companies are not required to disclose which is so scary bananas um I mean people have died from toxic shock syndrome uh I have I was like okay I'm gonna try a period disc and I was like this isn't working and then I was like I'm gonna go to a a cup Mm -hmm. so I've been shopping around for some cups and I'm like okay my next period I'm gonna have a cup and try that but I really I mean it's so much waste and you're not supposed to flush Please don't flush tampons or tampon applicators down the toilet. Or pads. (laughs) Or pads. Um, I've been using, um, I only bought one pair just to try it out, but I've been using Thinks. Oh, yeah. Period panties. I love them. So does it keep, I think it's just to keep like. Like it's just a pair of panties. Two tampons worth of blood, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, like, it, it, so my bleeding in your underwear. Yeah. yeah. And it's absorbent. See, me and Maggie haven't even talked about it. That's how, like... You mentioned it, but yeah. you didn't tell me that you're bleeding. So, like, it doesn't bleed through your clothes? No. I have so, not bled through... Sorcery. I haven't mm-hmm. even bled through the underwear itself. Oh, so you wear your things and then your underwear? No, no. Oh. So, I haven't bled through the things oh. itself. So, I haven't bled through my, to my clothes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so, like, I'm planning on buying five more pairs <laughs> for pairs. like basically for um to so I can have every single day because right now I just use it on my heaviest day mm-hmm. or like if I'm going out then I just wear that so I don't have to deal with a pad or like a tampon That's so smart. yeah so yeah. like I freaking love those and they have different sizes they even have thongs or like uh wow. Yeah. Well, it depends on your flow. Like, yeah. you need to know your flow to know what yeah. kind of underwear you're going to need to wear. Um, they also, thinks also provides, like, um, it's underwear for, like, pee. You know how... Oh, for, so, like, a continence? Yeah, yeah, like, bladder issues. They have a underwear specifically for that also. Wow. That's really cool because all those underwears that you see at, like... Walgreens that are disposable are mm-hmm. so gross looking. I'm sure women wearing them are like, yeah, like oh yeah, because of this like disposable underwear. But mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. So I, shout out to Thinks, not sponsored. <laughs> Sponsor us, please. <laughs> yeah, it, I really really like it, and I love the fact that you're so aware of like the environmental waste that mm-hmm. pads and tampons also yeah. co- like contribute and so that's another reason why I kind of wanted to get more uh things panties just because like I could reuse them yeah. y- you do have to like hand wash rinse them but you could put them in the washer like after you rinse them yeah so yeah. to me I just throw it in with the rest of like my stuff like to me it's nothing you know that sounds so amazing because like I have like five days of period and I could just wear those underwear and I don't have to buy like tampons or pads or yeah well it depends on yeah your flow, that's true yeah but that's I'm, what I'm a little I bit use. older now so it's, things are a little bit more regular so. okay. <laughs> yeah. and your body changes over time like when so you're much. young when you're like your body is changing even if you do exercise like for six months and then you stop exercising whether or not like that affects your period as well or at least that's what I was told like, yeah it does yeah. stress and exercise mm-hmm. and yeah and diet. then diet. diet yeah if you change what you're putting into your body or what you're doing to yeah. your body mm-hmm. will affect like your period cycle mm-hmm. being on the pill yeah. like oh uh, yeah being on the pill I'm not on the pill anymore but it was so amazing because like my period got down to like two days and it was like was little like? little drops yeah wow. and I was like this is so great <laughs> I love this and then at some point it just stopped when I was on the pill but like pill was making me like lose my mind really? I would I wanted to kill people like I was so hormonal <laughs> See, I've and heard... so angry all the time and I was like I can't do this like I'm not I've heard that from someone about the bar and everyone's different because like with the pill I don't feel besides I think that it has plays a small role in me gaining more weight or mm-hmm. like m- being it being harder for me to lose weight like I think that that's one of the effects that it has on me but emotionally I think it has helped me because when I wasn't on the pill like I was 
very like a lot more irritable a lot more emotional yeah i'm curious to know like how your household like because you guys your parents seem so cool like i wish your parents were my parents um like how do they handle mental health issues because like there was anxiety in my home like my sister experienced anxiety from a really early age but my parents never i don't ever remember them talking about mental health or anxiety or depression it was always like someone's mad or someone's sad um, and so I grew up, and I'm really ashamed to admit this, but I grew up with like, this old school mentality, like depression doesn't exist, anxiety doesn't exist, because I was so like, you know, not in tune with myself mm-hmm. and my identity. Well, your parents didn't know how to like teach that to you yeah. either. Yeah, right. And so I didn't have a name for it either. So my I, it didn't exist to me. And so um, then I had to really learn that that's not a made-up thing people are not making up their anxiety they're not making up their depression and then I had two kids and so postpartum anxiety oh. and depression um really taught me some stuff <laughs> so like how did your I mean if you guys don't so, like sharing our household is not perfect and <laughs> so uh, I've been through like ups and downs and I don't tell my parents anything oh okay yeah so yeah, so you've experienced some, like, college anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You okay? Yeah, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, yeah, so I started to see a counselor. Oh, good for you. And then I stopped. <laughs> and I, I did the same thing, yeah, so don't worry. Yeah, so, but I didn't tell, like, my mom or anyone. Yeah. So, Do you feel like because you were ashamed or that you were going to be, like, stigmatized or... Like, do your parents are going to get upset with you, or... Yeah, it was a lot of things. <laughs> it was just, like, it was just this, um, it was just this mentality of, we got you here, and, like, how could you not be happy with your life? Being ungrateful. And so that created internalized unhappiness? Yeah. 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 So it was hard, so I didn't, like, talk to them about that. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's really hard <laughs> to talk. No, I mean, it's really difficult. And I think in Mexican households, um, things are changing a little bit for the better, but they're not. And so mental health and, and physical health go hand in hand all the time. And oh, with yeah. your period, you experience different mood cha- and mood swings, mood changes, and um, you do experience some like hormonal imbalance, and that causes depression, and that causes anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's never talked about, so... Yeah, I think <laughs> we were planning on having, like, a whole episode on mental, mental health, because that's something that, like, with our culture, is something that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully next season we'll get to talk about that. And, yeah. yeah, it's definitely been a journey. I do want to go back, but I'm just, like... I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, I'm busy mm-hmm. with everything that like I try to do mm-hmm. and so it's hard. It's really hard. I get it. I went to a therapist once and I was like, I'm telling you I'm depressed and you're telling me I need to drink more water and exercise and sleep more and I'm like I'm trying to juggle work and kids yeah. and and my schedule and I can't make time to exercise or sleep more because I have to do all these things and so I was really discouraged but I'm 
uh, verbal processor. So I need mm-hmm. to talk about my feelings, and that really helps me release my energy and sort of get in touch with and deconstruct how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. So that helped me, and I was like, I'll try it. I'll drink more water. I'll try and exercise. I'll sleep more. I'll stop drinking coffee. And you know, it did help for a while. Um, but I know that there are a lot of things as an immigrant, and I mean, I went to eleven different elementary schools. Um, you so, said you moved around a lot, huh? I did. So why why was that? I think because my dad was insane. <laughs> like, what did it have to do with work? I don't. My dad. I don't want to talk bad about my dad, um, but I think he has a lot of mental health issues himself, and he's very impulsive, mm-hmm. and um, didn't really like take my mom into consideration for a, a large part of their lives, and so he would just make decisions like Mm -hmm. um the first big move my parents had their own business in mexico we were well off and so i didn't understand what like i'm so i don't have like a like a typical immigrant story i didn't work in the fields and like we had our home we had our business like we we yeah we had things figured out and i was eight years old and i was so happy because i could my parents could buy me things i had a nanny i had a housemate like um and my dad was like Le pegó una pizca de venirse para acá, and he just sold the business. Didn't even tell my mom. Damn. My mom didn't know if he got, like, a fair offer for it, and so... That's hard. That's insane. Yeah, so that was that decision, and that happened, and so it was, like, him now trying to figure out work, and so we really started, like, I was so... We were so poor when we first moved here because of the mistakes my parents made and it was so traumatizing for me because I was in the fourth grade and I had one outfit. I had one shirt and one pair of pants that I would wear. And I was nine, but I knew that that something was wrong. Well, you knew because the life you had before was so different. Yeah, and so it was just a string of jobs my dad would get and then we would move and then it was just like bad decision after bad decision and then um, at some points in my youth, I was like, I lived with my grandma for a little bit, I lived with an aunt and uncle, and so I was like separated from my family. And that was a lot of trauma that I never really sort of sorted through and figured out until I was an adult. And I was like, something's wrong with me. I internalized a lot of the trauma, and now I have to, like, figure my stuff out. So that's why I wanted to see a counselor, because, like, the postpartum brought um, exacerbated a lot of things that I was okay. sort of hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to continue to go to it. So I encourage you. I'm going to yeah. go. I'm going to find a different therapist, and I'm going like, to go. See, like, I've always going. heard that finding a therapist is like dating. Mm-hmm. It's finding that right fit. You know what I mean? You have to create this intimacy with someone because you have to tell them, like, how you feel. And that's what you do that with, like, your closest, you're in your most intimate relationships, which is a boyfriend or a husband. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me because I cry all the time. Like, me too. I cry. Oh, my God. I can give you this. Oh, my God. Please. Yeah. He's a great teacher. Absolutely. He's a great psychologist. Yeah. See, like, I go see this counselor here at school, but I'm too scared to, like, find someone outside of school mm-hmm. so I'm just like mm. after I graduate I don't <laughs> like I don't know where I'm gonna I'm gonna well, have you're to like 26 freaking, yet, so you still have insurance from your parents right that's a different like um we've my mom has always been the one to have like the insurance for us mm-hmm. but she sometimes doesn't have a job like doesn't have a work 
and then it takes six months or probation. three months probation period mm-hmm. so like for the past year yeah. we haven't had and then that's another thing mm-hmm. of like like we said earlier families and moms like the lack of discussion in households is like a huge issue because with my mom like I would pay for my pill um like I don't know if we talked about it on the pod I don't know. um birth control yeah okay um like I would use her insurance to help pay for it like I would get it for free mm-hmm. and then I, and she didn't know I was on it and so when the insurance ended, I was like, shit. Like, <laughs> now I had to pay for the pill out of my pocket. It was like, it was started to get a little expensive. Like, I had quit my job. I'm like, shit. And I still haven't told my mom about it either. Yeah. Like, there's certain things that is just like, do I tell them? Do I not? Like, I could do it on my own. Like, it's fine. So. Yeah. It's difficult, but... It seems like you guys had some pretty supportive parents that you could talk to them about some things. Like, I... I My, like, college experience, I was the first one to go to college, and so I was doing everything on my own. I had a friend, I'm so grateful for, she helped me sort of navigate everything, and I was like... Then my sisters went to college, and my parents were just, like, not really there because they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it... I think... Looking on the outside, it's so much easier to say, like, your parents are, like, supportive. They were very supportive, but there were things like, okay, you could talk to me about anything. And then when you tried to, it got shut down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, like... It got turned into a lesson. It got, yeah, just turned into not a good experience. Yeah. So should we actually talk about better period? Because we've talked about, like, yeah. everything else except yeah. better period. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so like I said before, we started in December, December 1st, and we have been able to, so that all those donations went to Marjorie Mason Center and oh, Rescue wow. the Children, and um, then we are tabling at Art Hop and collecting donations, and then we made 60 kits, um, 60 menstrual kits. They all have enough menstrual products for one month, and we donated all those to Naomi's house that is located at Pavarello's house, okay. um, and that's a home for homeless women. They have 24 beds, and it's a low-barrier shelter, which means um, you can have a drug addiction, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't expect you to, like, be clean all the time, Mm -hmm. Uh which is really, really important because a lot of the times when we offer help to homeless individuals, it's with, like, the caveat Mm -hmm. of, well, you have to clean yourself up, Mm -hmm. right? And so... At that moment, what they need is just a helping hand, mm-hmm. not someone telling them, okay, well, you're going to need to get off drugs, right. which is your coping mechanism for your awful living situation. Um, so I think Naomi House is doing some great work, and we are really happy to no- donate those kits. Um, and I took a tour of Pavarello House and all the wonderful things they're doing for home- the homeless community. Um, right now, I'm trying to find, like, places where I can table at and mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm going to be here, come drop off donations, or I'm going to create some more merch and I know, sell it. I know it's late because um, Vintage Days is around oh, the corner. Yeah, yeah. It's, tom- it's tomorrow. It's yeah, tomorrow. and Saturday. Tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday yeah. And um, I think that that's something that you should look into because there's a lot of like foot traffic and um, talking to schools and like I'm sure there's other clubs or, like, 
um, clubs on campus here at state or at city or like different and you're colleges. An alum, so they yeah. want you here. Oh, that's true. I am an alum. I totally <laughs> forgot. Yeah. So there's a lot of like, we should. I definitely want to help you out, and like, if you let us know, like, hey, I'm gonna be here. We'll put it on the pod, or we'll like put it yeah, on our that's Instagram. So great. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was thinking, somebody told me they're like, reach out to the president's wife. Can mm. I say her name? I don't know. No, no. Uh, I don't know. Miss Castro. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Castro. <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Castro. Because um, they had told me that she does a lot with community-type things mm. and um, getting involved. And I know, I know there's I've the... I've never seen her. Fresno State Pantry, <laughs> right? There's yeah. Oh, yeah, there pantry. is. And so I was like, I, I want to partner with Fresno State. I don't know State. if they have menstrual products, but I want to say they might. In some restrooms. Oh, wow. I mean, some I want to as much as possible, right? Yeah, in some... Yeah, in some restrooms, there are, like, baskets where if you have an extra tampon, like, their little thing is, like, um, if you have an extra tampon, donate it. Yeah. And then... Like, give one, take yeah. one. Yeah. Give one, give one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I think is, like, a it's really, really cool. idea. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes there are like pads and tampons in those baskets, and like there's been times I once I needed it because I didn't have anything, and so I I knew like at this restroom I know that there's mm-hmm. that basket, and so I think that's something like we should try to get more of those because it's only in certain restrooms, but that's something that um that's really yeah. it'd be really neat to find out who does that and then just sort of like. I can be like, I'm going to donate to all of the restrooms this month, and they all are going to have, like, a, a thing of tampons and a thing of pads, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to look to see who, who's doing those baskets. Yeah. We- but, um, yeah, I really want to wanted to get sort of Fresno State students involved in this because if I want to turn this into a nonprofit, I want, like, students helping me <laughs> uh, do some stuff, like internships and yeah. that. Uh, but... Yeah, so we're doing that primarily. We're at Art Hub, and we have been able to make those donations, and I've been able able to make connections. Mm-hmm. I went to the um, Central Valley Progressive Pack and talked about Better Period, and asked them to share the spread the word, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Justin at Common Space, he's been like my biggest champion. He lets me use the space to put kits together, and I can set up during our hop so um one of the biggest reasons i started better period was um and that kind of goes back to like the identity thing we we're talking mm-hmm. about uh i really wanted to get to know my community and build intentional communities so surround myself with people who want to help women mm-hmm. um i'm sorry not women menstruators because i want to be inclusive in my language and mm-hmm. purposeful it's a learn a learning process, process. as well yeah. like we're yeah. d- trying to do that too yeah absolutely and i think the biggest not the biggest thing, but a revelation I had was like, not all menstruators are women. Mm-hmm. So trans men mm-hmm. um, that continue to menstruate, menstruate. Mm-hmm. And they are, I, I did speak to someone and they told me like, if you're trying to hide your, what kind of genitalia you have under your pants, but you, you're menstruating and you need to go into the bathroom, mm. and you, how, where do you hide your pad? Like, right. how do you do this? Which I've bathroom do you go to? Yeah. Yeah, which bathroom do you go to? Because, like, you know, There's no you know the gender yeah. and, and sex are two different things. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or non gender non-conforming or non-binary individuals. So, um, yeah, my thing is just, like, really speaking to those larger movements of body positivity, menstrual movement, period positivity, period policy, mm-hmm. um, really understanding how unfair this pink and tampon tax are. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what that is and, like, 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I should have started the podcast by saying I am not an expert in any of this. <laughs> and so yeah. if I get something wrong, you guys, listeners, can like email, comment the Eva <laughs> and be like, she got all of this wrong. And that's okay because yes. I'm not an expert. We're but, all learning. <laughs> but basically, tampons and menstrual products are the last gender-based tax. So us as menstruators we need them and we get taxed on them and um i think there's only like seven states that don't tax menstrual products but the rest of the nation does Mm -hmm. and legislation has been on the floor to here in california here in california i think it's ab 31 but i could be wrong um to take the tax off but it has been denied because if you take a tax off something and i think it's like uh, twenty million dollars are made from menstrual product tax, so where are those twenty million dollars going to come from? And so it's like they're trying to balance the budget on women's backs. To quote Assemblywoman Christina Garcia, it's like, okay, well, it's not our fault that there will be a discrepancy. I mean, these are things that we need yeah, to survive. Yeah. Like, they're not a luxury. They're, didn't they're not a luxury. They're not non-essential. They yeah. are essentials. We need them in order to have menstrual equity because mm-hmm. if we're missing a class. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have a pad, because we can't afford it, because women are the ones are like make fifty percent or more of like the poverty level, right? And so they have to feed kids if they're single moms. And that I mean, often women were the last to think of ourselves, mm-hmm. and we're not buying period products, and we're missing out on employment opportunities, on educational opportunities, and so we need to be aware of those things. And I know there has there's a lot of pushback from people that don't believe that's a thing, and I'm like, no, that's a thing. We just don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, removing the period tax and the pink tax refers to like all of the things that are marketed to women mm-hmm. are like hijacked in mm-hmm. price. Like deodorant can be 30% more than men's deodorant, like razors and shaving cream and hair products. And, and that also speaks to the standard of beauty and like body oh. image and like things <laughs> like that. Yes. So like as a woman, you have to have all these things in order to be beautiful, right? Yeah. And as you can see, I don't do much for myself but yeah (laughs) i'm just like you know how ugly can i look today and feel comfortable in the like outside but yeah so and it's like women have to pay more to look a certain way because society has said you need to look this way but also there are all these like only 20 percent of women um are in government like governmental offices and positions where they can make laws and change them and 80% of them are men. And so if they don't understand peers, if they don't understand mm-hmm. women's bodies, and how can they help make the laws that will enable women to succeed regardless of their period? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I mean, those are kind of all the things, like, um, environment we touched on, period policy, um, taboo and stigma taken away from period talk. Yeah. Those are all the things that yeah. I really want to accomplish with better period and the podcast yeah not your mama's period there that's what it's gonna be called (laughs) so it's not a podcast yet but it's coming up it's coming out fall 2019 and we have i can't tell you who they are but we have some really exciting guests that we're gonna oh yeah she she told us that i'm pretty excited (laughs) um so i'm pretty excited about that and i just want to talk to primarily i want to have some authorities talk about like you know, what is a period? Why do we menstruate? So, like, those gyne- gynecologists, um, bioanthropologists, 
and then like I have a therapist that's going to be on and then like people who are working on period policy so I want to have those authorities in the field but also I'm going to be interviewing women in Fresno and be like just tell us what your first period experience was like Mm -hmm. right and I hope that that podcast reaches women from 12 to 52 and they they know that hey I'm not alone or Mm -hmm. hey this person's sharing my story I connect with them and so you just reach out to someone else and then make that connection and just start those conversations around periods so yeah yeah. so we're hoping that I have a co-host and we're planning this and oh that's so cool yeah and so I'm really hoping that it comes out so I'm trying to get like all my equipment figured out and yeah like how to buy all this stuff and how to host (laughs) it and like RSS feed and I was like I don't know any of these things well we didn't know anything either and well Sometimes, like, you just got to take the dive, and you'll learn, and, like, we're so glad that we had you on, and we're so, like, excited. Maybe we can have you on again once it gets closer to, like, um, your podcast coming out. Oh, no, I I can have you guys on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be cool. That would be cool. Share your episode of mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would be so awesome. I'd love to have you guys talk about, you know, more in detail. Everyone, hopefully we'll have more mics (laughs) (laughs) on your first We'll experience. take our mics to your yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that way we have like 10 of them, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's so, that's the one thing that unites us. We all have a first period experience, mm-hmm. and no one's really talking about those and honoring those stories. And, mm-hmm. and I know that my first period experience shaped the way I view myself and my body for the mm-hmm. rest of my life until I tried to have kids. And so, after having kids, I was like, ah, my body is badass. Menstruation is magical and it creates <laughs> life and it basically sustains life in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want women to to love their bodies and understand their menstruation and honor and appreciate that, mm-hmm. that body function yeah. and not hate it and hate themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if you want to do this now, but we usually do a quote in the podcast, I have a quote. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, I wrote it up Okay. Well, while she's getting that, I just want to, again, thank you for being on our podcast. And I really appreciate what you're doing for our community here in Fresno, California. Like, a lot of people think, some people think, like, this is a small town, whatever. Like, we're not anything compared to L.A. or San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, things are happening here. And you're what's happening here. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate what you do for, like, this community, especially, you know. Like, being a female, being Hispanic and things like that. Like, that's just so awesome. Um, If you guys have any questions, you could um, either follow Better Period on Instagram at Better Period. Better dot period. Yeah, Yeah. Better dot period on Instagram. And um, definitely give us a follow at Comentiera. Email us. do you have a Twitter or anything else you want to plug in? I don't in? have a Twitter, but if you go on my Instagram page, there's just like an email button that you can do, mm-hmm. and so people can email us directly. So just to summarize, you're doing Art Hops mm-hmm. and Pavarello House. So I'm doing Art Hops where I table, and then I tell people, hey, come donate, or buy like a t-shirt that I made, okay. right, or the candle that we made, Yeah. Um, so that we get some monetary donations, and people can just reach out to us, and we can go and pick up any so, period products that they have that they want to donate. Okay. But we have partnered with Marjorie Mason Center. We have partnered with Rescue the Children, and we have partnered with Pavarella House, and we hope to continue to partner with those agencies. Okay. But we are also continuing to look. Um, now I want to partner with um, a- agencies 
communities that deal with foster youth, with mm-hmm. homeless foster youth. Um, I'm currently talking to Project Access to see if, um, and they help um, home, homeless youth in high schools. And so, how can I what what do how can I use my products to help mm-hmm. them as well? So, what is better if we don't if we donate product or money? It's both good. Okay. Yeah, both is equally good. Okay, so. we'll post something so people know like this is where I could send this to this is like that that'd be great um because I definitely want to donate you know Mm -hmm. whatever I can yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. um do you have your quote yeah I found the quote and the quote is from the um period end of sentence documentary and it's the quote is from the creator the man who built the um machine machine who that builds the pads i think i know which quote you're um <laughs> I, his last name is really long and really hard to pronounce so just bear <laughs> with me i'm sorry if i you know mispronounce it but it's Mirugananthum. that's his last name i don't know how to pronounce the first name and it's not in here but anyway so okay so the quote is and this is a man saying this i just want to point that out <laughs> and he says the strongest creature created by god in the world not the lion not the elephant not the tiger the girl yeah oh my gosh. i love that quote when i watched that movie and or the doc and he said that i was like that needs to be on the pod like <laughs> yeah it yeah. was so good yeah. yeah that was so good thank you for sharing that quote because i mean i think girls are so powerful women are so powerful and we live in these like systems of oppression that all allow us to realize our powerfulness. Um, and then, you know, sorting through that, coming out of that and knowing we are powerful, we yeah. are strong and we can do things. It's so yeah. important. And that's the legacy I wanna leave my, my daughters. I have two daughters. So thank you. Sweet. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. Thank you for being on this. This is okay. <laughs> this is my favorite part. <laughs> Aww. Okay. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I was so nervous when I first got here. I was like, I know I'm not an expert. I don't know like I don't know a lot of like stats or or like things. Like I, I don't know what I'm gonna say. But thank you, I really appreciate it. I was yes. so happy. I'm so happy you guys are doing this. Like I have listened to podcasts for like five years and I understand the podcasting community and the impact that can have on people. Um I love like true crime podcasts like I love my favorite murder I don't know if you guys listen to that um shout out to my favorite murder and murderinos out there but uh yeah it's like it's podcasts have this magic that you can't find anywhere else and you are in this conversation and I can place myself like in your spot or in your spot or in your spot when you're talking and it's like I I feel like these people are my friends and I know it's so great you are our friend oh yeah <laughs> thank so you thank guys. You. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>